Hey friend, welcome to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm your host, Micah McCurry. I'm excited to jump back into a special little book that I was given not too long ago by a longtime supporter of BTI. Gentlemen came in with a tub of memorabilia going back to the Paul Levine days. And I'm so very thankful for the fact that I get to share just a little snippet of it with you today. This booklet was originally a message, a sermon, that Dr. Paul wrote back in 1935. Think about that, almost 90 years ago. Now, right now, it is in the form of a booklet that was put together in 1962. I don't know how many thousands of copies went out but I'm glad I have my hands on one of them. It's called Pre-Wedding Days. And I think back to the month, the weeks, the days before June 1st, 2013, the day that I said I do to Rebecca Woodward. And in the eyes of the law and the eyes of God, she became Rebecca McCurry. I'm very thankful that she was willing to also say, I do. But thinking back to those pre-wedding days, it caught my eye, this booklet did, and I wanted to share it with you today. We began with a little introduction. I mentioned that it was a message that began in 1935, and yesterday I just read the very first short chapter about the bride and pointed out that we are Christ's bride. If we are part of the body of Christ, we begin and continue today with a chapter titled, Many things happen. Here we go in a book by Paul Levine called Pre-Wedding Days, the chapter, Many Things Happen. Many things happen before a wedding. You wouldn't be so foolish as to answer a matrimonial advertisement, write a few letters to a girl whom you had never seen, and then suddenly rush off to meet her and make her your bride. Uh, It would be a great risk. You young men, you're looking for a girl whom you know will make a faithful wife. You, you young ladies, you're probably looking for a handsome fellow who will provide you a comfortable home and be a good husband. Someone might say, Dr. Paul, what do you know about pre-wedding days? Oh, I'll have to confess. Now, backing up for just a moment here, a little of a reader's note. Realize when he wrote this message, when he preached this message, it was one of the very first messages he ever preached in his entire life as a 15-year-old boy. And so the listener might say, Dr. Paul, what do you know about pre-wedding days? Well, I have to confess, he says, I read a book along this line, and from it I received the urge to bring this message. Some of you might think I'm kidding. I must look very guilty. Well, I'm not kidding. And to prove it, I'll tell you what book I read. I hope you might read it. Here it is, the Bible. I've read this Bible, and it has more to say on the subject of love than any other book on earth. It shows us that the love affair between Christ and his bride is, in many ways, like the love affair of a young couple on the road to matrimony. The chapter next begins the first look. About the first thing that takes place is when the young couple first see each other. Do you remember the first time you saw your wife or the first time you saw your husband? The sinner's first experience with Christ is when he sees him. Do you, Christians, recall the time when you first saw him? 
I saw Jesus, Dr. Paul says, and his wonderful love, his marvelous love for me when I was but a boy, about four years old, on my mother's knee. She told me how he left the glories of heaven to come to this earth to be betrayed, denied, cursed, beaten, crowned with thorns, and finally crucified that I might live. Oh, how I praise God for a mother like her instead of a wild, alcohol-drinking, cigarette-smoking mother who spent half her time dancing and carousing around like a lot of them do today. Well, if I may butt in again for a moment, he wrote these words in 1935. I would shudder to think his response if he saw how some are today. Continuing on, how disgusting to see a picture of a mother holding her baby while inhaling the poison of a cigarette. At my mother's knee, I saw Christ. And right there, I fell in love with him. Praise the Lord. But have you seen Jesus? Perhaps you have seen him in someone's godly life or in a prayer or sermon. We continue the introduction. First, you saw the young lady who later became your wife. Oh, how you longed to meet her. You even went to prayer meeting because she was there. You couldn't stand it any longer. So you had a friend arrange an introduction. You had seen her, but you wanted to meet her. In the book of Genesis, we find a wonderful type of Christ and his bride. Abraham sent his servant away to get a bride for his son Isaac. The servant left, found the girl, told her about Isaac, and persuaded her to return to him. As they neared the place where Isaac lived, it happened that he, Isaac, was out in the field meditating at eventide. That's in Genesis 24, verse 63. Well, when she saw him, she alighted from her camel and asked the servant who he was. He said, Rebekah, that is the man you are going to marry. Here's the point. She had seen him, but she didn't know him because she hadn't met him. It wasn't long until they did meet, and when they did, it was love at first sight. You had perhaps seen your wife many times, but you had to have an introduction to her before you could really get acquainted. No doubt you have seen Jesus, but perhaps you have never met him as your Savior, the one which taketh away the sin of the world, as John one twenty nine says, and therefore you do not and cannot yet know him. As Abraham sent his servant to get a bride for his son Isaac, so God, through the Holy Spirit, is seeking out a bride for his son, Jesus Christ. And as the servant found Rebekah, told her about Isaac, and persuaded her to return with him, so the Holy Spirit is coming to you to reveal Christ to you and to persuade you to come to him. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal Christ to you as the one who was made sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He wants you to see Christ as he hung on the blood-stained cross of Calvary for you, that you might be saved. Look at Calvary. There on a merciless cross hangs the sinless Son of God. To try to describe his suffering would be a waste of time because it can't be done. Look again. The hands that lifted the lame man from his bed 
and the feet that brought him into places of suffering that he might bring comfort are now held fast to that rough cross by the cruel nails that have gone ripping and tearing through his flesh. His side has been pierced by a spear. His back is covered with stripes. The hot, burning rays of the sun have beaten upon his body. Heartless tormentors spat upon him, while blood and sweat streaked his loving face. Fulfilling the prophecy, his visage was so marred more than any other man. Isaiah 52, 14. There is blood upon his back, blood upon his face, blood upon his brow, blood upon his hands and feet, covered with blood. For whom, though? For you. Why? I'll answer with one singular word. Love. Marvelous, matchless love. What nailed him to that cross? Our sin and his love. It wasn't the soldiers, for they had no power over the Son of God, except as it was given them. What kept him there? The nails? No, for he could have come down at any time. It was our sin and his love that kept him there. Oh, friend, would you meet him now? Take him as your Lord and Savior. As you view this crimson spectacle, remember, you can have peace in your soul because he made peace through the blood of his cross, Colossians 1.20. When you really meet Christ as your Savior and Lord, you will sing as Charles Wesley sang, Jesus, lover of my soul. Continuing on with a short chapter entitled, Lovers. After the introduction, either sooner or later, the young couple become lovers. They begin going together, if you will. They say that when two are in love, they long to be together as much as possible. So it is between Christ and those who have taken him as their Savior. They are lovers. Jesus said, as he left this earth in bodily form, Lo, I am with you all way. He has been going, if you will, with his bride-to-be for over 2,000 years, and his love has never changed. I, I love the fact that there's so much English from 60 years ago in here, 90 years ago almost now. Uh, words we understand, but it feels a little old-fashioned, doesn't it? We continue on. Something else happens during this period. In case some of you have forgotten, I'll tell you. When they see each other, they talk. How they long to hear the voice of their lover. No other voice thrills like his or her voice. Isn't that true, young people? How the time flies when two lovers are alone talking. He comes to see her about eight o'clock. In about a half hour, the stillness is broken by the booming of her father's voice. Mary, he shouts, isn't it about time he were leaving? It's after midnight. They both gasp. The lad pulls out his watch to discover to his sorrow that her father is right. Over four hours have gone by and it felt like just half an hour. Do you remember how you used to tell her how you adored her? We too, as the espoused virgin bride to Christ, talk to our beloved. We speak to him through prayer. He answers through his word. How long has it been since you told Jesus that you love him? No other voice can thrill us like his voice. The time passes quickly when we have such sweet communion with him who, because of his love, gave himself for us. Now, we will continue on in this short booklet. Lord willing, we'll get through 
almost all of it by the end of this week. The chapter we jump into tomorrow is called Eternal, Unfailing Love. If we have excess time, I'll continue to tell you about some personal favorite gospel tracks of mine. In the last few seconds that I do have, let me encourage you to visit BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. You see, all the way back in Paul Levine's day, 1938 and onward, we have been putting out free gospel tracks around the world over 170 different countries, and we continue to do so this very day. Visit BibleTracksInc.org and order your free sample booklet today. Thank you so very much for listening. Have a great day for His glory. Make sure to tune in tomorrow, and God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309 309- 828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.